Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and today we are through week four of the NFL season. So I got on Stephen Ruiz, our NFL writer, and we're going to talk about many, many things. We're going to do a little buy-sell kind of segment, uh, and we're, we're going to talk about will Patrick Mahomes keep up this insane pace? Are the Rams a Super Bowl pick? Are the Patriots mediocre? And then you get to hear me rant on Eli Manning. Very exciting stuff. So, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just watching Patrick Mahomes highlight real. I've just been doing that all morning. It's it's like the most beautiful thing in the world. Like to watch him throw as he did in practice, something we posted earlier today on Tuesday. Patrick Mahomes throwing a pass 100 yards downfield as if he's just casually throwing like a baseball in, in a game of catch with his baseball pitching dad. Like it's mind blowing. So let's start there. Are you buying and selling on Patrick Holmes keeping this insane MVP like pace up? Keeping this pace up? No, I don't think he's going to throw for like 50 touchdowns. I think <laughs> the t-shirt offense is eventually going to slow down. And I think it's, it's hard to put him as the MVP, I guess it depends on your definition of MVP. Like, what is an MVP? Is it usually just quarterback on the best offense? But they have so many weapons. I, I don't think you can really say either any single one of them is the most valuable. That's my take, well, at least. Okay. Um, first of all, yeah, I'm going to sell on him keeping up this pace, but I will buy into the fact that he's going to continue to be the elite quarterback that he's been all season. I think some of this will catch up with him a little bit. Um, we saw it a little bit on Monday night with Denver that it wasn't the five touchdown insanity, but the guy threw a pass with his left hand. He scampered for a touchdown in a broken play. Uh, he mm-hmm. led them to a comeback. I mean, the guy, the, to me, the MVP is all the designers of that offense on the, on the coaching staff, whatever they have done to kind of fit and mold this sort of hybrid NFL college thing going on. I mean, you have a better definition of this. Um, I will buy into, however, him being an MVP because voters, if the Chiefs keep this up, will, will be swayed by the fact that this is a team with a mediocre defense that has gone 4-0. And it's, it's like if they're going to give up, I don't know, the, last night against the, the Broncos, it's a little bit different. But if they're going to give up 35 points, if they score 40-50, to 50, then, you know, to me that says, wow, like Mahomes deserves some of that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's how voters think. I, I just... I guess maybe that's – I look at MVP. Like, for instance, in week three, he did not play, like, a, a really great game. And he's, I think he still threw, what, four touchdowns? Like, he was – I would even say he was mediocre in the game. I think even Pro Football Focus gave him, like, a 68 out of 100 grade for the game, and he still threw four touchdowns. shows you how good his supporting cast is. It was basically just him tossing screens to running backs and Tyreek Hill and them doing the rest. He was in that – Missed a bunch of he missed like three possible touchdown throws, but they still scored what like forty points, and he had four touchdowns. So even when he plays, you know, subpar, he's they're still scoring a bunch of points. That's the only reason I'm hesitant to say, oh yeah, he's MVP when when there are guys like say Aaron Rodgers who's running around on one leg, the coach is calling terrible plays and dropping passes, and they're still a playoff team. That's fair. Let's then transition to another team that has like five MVPs on it. Buying or selling the Rams to win the Super Bowl next year. Then I should say next year, but calendar year, as in this season. 
I'm going to buy it. They're the best team in the league, and I don't think it's close. I did power rankings today and are on your listening to this. I have, and then I struggled to come up who with the second best team. I think there's a big gap between them and the second best team. And their defense is just going to get better when their cornerbacks get fully healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying this one for sure right now and, and maybe further. I mean, the number two team right now to me, uh, the Patriots, I don't, the Ravens are kind of like a fun team, but are they the number two team in the league right now? Like, I don't think so. I just, I love the Ravens. I, I've fallen in love. I've, I've got a whole thing about Joe Flacco that I, I've, I've developed over the last couple weeks, partially from a fantasy perspective because I ended up picking him up um, in a 2QB league and being like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to regret this. And then I keep watching highlights from the Ravens games and I'm just like Joe Flacco has weapons around him and he's like actually doing something and their defense is really really good and they get back Jimmy Smith so uh, number two team it's it'll develop maybe the Saints but they're like their defense is kind of iffy we're on the same page because in those power rankings I had the Ravens number two ah yes I love what Joe Flacco has been doing he's he's been he hasn't been elite. I'm not going to use the E word, but <laughs> it's the best I've ever seen Joe Flacco play, and that includes that 2012 playoff run, where I think I think that run was a little fluky. There was some dropped interceptions, and obviously the misplayed ball by the Broncos defender that probably should have been intercepted that ended up being a touchdown. But yeah, this I mean, is the best we've ever seen him play. He has weapons, and yeah. the line is doing good. Alex Collins is doing good when he can hold on to the ball. And the defense, it looks like maybe the best in the league outside of Jacksonville. Yeah, and 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 to this is what you do with Flacco. You say, oh look, he's got an arm, so let's give him some long range weapons. That's what John Brown is, and John Brown looks like a completely revitalized player after a couple of really rough years in Arizona uh, with with you know dealing with health problems and and whatnot. And, and it's just it's great to see. Uh, are you buying or selling? Speaking of elite teams, potentially, uh, are you buying or selling on the Patriots? being mediocre and I would say careful what you say because I've seen some people sort of backing down from their bold predictions like the Patriots are done no I'm not foolish enough to fall into that trap it's kind of like the Fitzpatrick thing where people think he's he's good all of a sudden and then they keep falling for it every time I'm not doing that with the Patriots they're not a mediocre team I don't think that what they are now is, is really what they showed on Sunday I think they're they're not going to be blocked 38 to 7. I think eventually, by say November, December, they'll get to that point. But which is why I had them at, I think I had them at number eight or nine in my power rankings. But I fully expect them to be at the top of the league by winter. Oh, absolutely. There's no, I'm selling this so hard. Uh, and I, I just think the Patriots offense is about to kind of get into that rhythm that they get into because Edelman's back from suspension and Sony Michelle. Has, has emerged from that, that glop of, <laughs> of running backs to be the lead back, which kind of surprised me. I was sort of, like, going the other way on Michelle because I was thinking, well, you know, the guy fumbled, what was it, a dozen times in college, and even though he's a first-round pick, you, you know, Bill Belichick won't trust him, and then, like, Burkhead goes down, and um, Michelle emerges, and we know James White is reliable. So the offense is just about to kind of, like, hit its stride, uh, and everything's going to get you know, completely, whatever whatever problems they've had. And, of course, like, it's after week four. If we were talking about this in week 10 and they were a 500 team, I'd feel differently. Yeah, they do this, like, every year now. And we have to mention Josh Gordon, if he can 
keep his head on straight and stay on the field, that just adds an element that they really haven't had since Randy Moss. Yeah, I was thinking of Malcolm Mitchell, actually, because he was he was kind of the guy for five seconds there, the, sort of the downfield threat that they had, uh, besides Gronk, obviously, in the middle of the field. But I was thinking of, of, you know, a guy who could stretch the field a little bit because they have all these sort of, you know, underneath route runners and not long-distance threats. Uh, Brandon Cooks might be a better example, too, but I, I would think that, you know, Gordon isn't just the guy you heave the ball down to 40 yards down the field. Like, he's an all-around receiver. And it seems like that he's actually coming around with the playbook and he played last week, like I think by week 10, he could be really maybe, you know, the third option there. And that's scary. Yeah. That's scary. When Tom Brady's the one pulling the strings, he doesn't need weapons, but when he has them, we've seen what he can do. And it's, it's like easy. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about some rookie QBs is, are you buying or selling on Baker Mayfield being the best rookie quarterback of this class? And, wow, we've only been through four weeks and one starting game for Baker and one starting game for Josh Rosen. So this might be tricky. Uh, based on the little evidence we have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that and say Josh Rosen has been the best the best rookie quarterback just based on that one start. It was, I mean, he looked like a top 10 quarterback. The other, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in their first starts made rookie mistakes. I, I'm not sure Rosen did. He missed one read where the only reason the guy was wide open was because he, he had a little nice pump fake that got him open, but Rosen ended up missing him. But he threw like at least 10 dimes in that game, and five of them were dropped by Cardinals receivers. If they hold on to the ball, he has a, a historic like a 300 game, which no rookie has ever done in his first start, except for Kurt Warner and I think Todd Bauman, who was out of the league in a couple of years. Both of those guys started when they were like 29 years old. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm going to sell on this for now. I love what I saw out of Baker Mayfield. I think he's got he's got some of that Drew Brees in him. That comparison has come up a couple times, and I'm like, I kind of get it. Undersized. I mean, maybe not the accuracy that Drew Brees has, but, man, like the, the, the athleticism and kind of the confidence that we're seeing out of Baker Mayfield is really impressive. I'm actually on the Sam Darnold train. Um, I, I think Sam Darnold might emerge, and it's going to take him a little while, and especially because the Jets haven't quite, kind of figured it out yet. But for a guy like that age to to do what he's doing so far, for a Jets team that isn't that good with an offensive line that isn't that good, like, I, I think the potential is there for him to be a star uh, in, like, year three or four. And Baker's going to be good. And I, I'm with you. I didn't look at the highlights. I did look at your piece, which you should all go and read on Fourth Win, uh, in which you break down the film. And, and you can see Josh Rosen's got some stuff in him. And, hey, shout out to Josh Allen, who so far, you know, he's been better than uh, than the competition in, in, in Buffalo. We can say that. Maybe that's, that's helpful. I'm really excited, by the way, side note, about the Bills probably clinching the number one pick and then having, like, a trade-a-thon for the first pick in, in the offseason. That's really exciting for me because somebody's going to want a quarterback. Maybe a team we're going to talk about next. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on the, the on this rookie class? Yeah, I agree with you on, on Darnold. I mean, the, what I don't get the criticism of him. He got a lot of criticism after that Brown game on Thursday Why? night. But back in the yeah. league, he's, everyone knew he was raw, and he's not playing with the, the greatest supporting cast. So this is to be expected. He's 21. We jumped to conclusions on quarterbacks way too soon. Everyone was ready to give up on Mitch Trubisky last week after what is like 13th start in the NFL. And then he comes out and throws six touchdowns. And then 
I just think we're too reactionary. Totally agree. Like totally someone agree. like, like someone like Jameis Winston has. I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, we already know what he is, and he's not good." He's only he hasn't started a game in his twenty four age twenty four season yet. And Carson Wentz, he had his, Carson Wentz, yeah, go ahead. Twenty age twenty three season was his rookie year, which wasn't that great. It wasn't as good as Jameis Winston's season was last year. Tom Brady didn't start an NFL game until he was 24. So how are we already coming to these conclusions on Jameis Winston? It's ridiculous. And remember what people said about Jared Goff for the first, you know, five games. It was like, everybody, calm down. Uh, Yeah, quarterbacks take time to develop. And that's the thing. Like, putting in Darnold now is kind of a surprise because you could sit him for a year. They could have held on to Bridgewater and started him. Uh, and and you gotta just wait. You gotta wait. Everybody's gonna wait. That said, the fun thing is seeing sort of the Jets in New York reaction. Like Jets fans and sort of the the tabloids are like, "Whoa, Sam Darnold! Whoa, we got a quarterback!" And like, I'll just temper it slightly, but I'll say like, the future's bright. And if you're a Jets fan, like, finally getting a quarterback with that kind of potential, who's not like Mark Sanchez, you know, <laughs> out of USC, it, it's it's kind of exciting. Um, so. This brings us to a, a, a buy and sell so dear to my heart. Is Eli Manning uh, buying selling on Eli Manning being completely cooked? I mean, what year are we doing this podcast? I would have said yes in 2015. <laughs> 2015. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. That's why I don't understand. I didn't understand the reaction to Eli getting benched last year. He's gonna be. He, he deserved to get benched. He wasn't playing well, and he's getting paid too much money. I mean, can you – is he really that much of a better quarterback than Geno Smith at this point in their careers? Uh, last year I would have said no, and now I'm definitely going to buy in and say yes sheepishly. Uh, here's my rant. My, my thing is that for, for the last couple of years, I would say, um, the argument for me was Eli with weapons has always been good, right? Good offensive line, good running game, solid receivers – He's good enough to win games. The, and, and they were talking about later years. I mean, the earlier years, yeah. I mean, this was this was very true then as it is now. But, you know, as he, he started aging, I was like, well, you know, give, give you know, just put the ball in, in, in uh, Odell's hands, put the ball into Evan Ingram's hands, uh, give, him, give him an offensive line for crying out loud that, that doesn't have a bunch of, of failed starters in front of it. And now I've completely come around. I, I, I'm like, oh, I get it now. No, Eli is cooked. I, I'm completely buying this. And that's okay. Like, he's older. They paid him too much, and now they're stuck. And what really grinds my gears, to borrow a phrase from Family Guy, is that the Giants didn't draft a quarterback. And we're just we just talked about Baker Mayfield, who they wouldn't have been able to draft. But, like, Josh Rosen, who could be good, and Sam Darnold, who could be good, and Lamar Jackson, who we haven't even talked about, uh, and so on down the line. And now the Giants are in this, like, limbo where they, if they bench Eli Manning, it doesn't matter because, like, maybe they get a higher pick, but, like, the, the you know, cap space and all that and so on and so forth. They're, like, they're a team that is built to vaguely start winning soon if they improve things on defense, but they don't have the quarterback to do it, so it's 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 limbo. That's my end rant. There you go. I will not stand for this Kyle Lawletta slander that you're putting out here. He did draft a quarterback. He may not be a top prospect. He may not have a strong arm, but eventually I think he'll be a serviceable quarterback if they give him a chance. They, and they won't. Second thing, I think I think you're still giving Eli too much credit by saying 
maybe they bench him to get a higher pick. How about you just keep playing Eli and you're going to get a high pick anyway because you that make bad. a very good point. You make a very good point. Yes, I just uh, you can look at my uh, Twitter at by Charles Curtis. I tweeted something out by uh, ESPN's uh, Jordan Renan, uh, who who pointed out from from the All Twenty Two tape, uh, a, a you know like a, a, a screenshot of Eli going back for a pass that was incomplete to Odell. I think he overthrew him. And the pocket's just beautiful and clean. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Like, there, there's your proof. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, and maybe they keep playing them and uh, this Giants team. Anyway, buying or selling, uh, the NFL needs to change its roughing the passer rules, which has become a source of contention everywhere. And I'm going to I'm gonna be the contrarian here and say, no, keep these rules. I want quarterbacks to stay healthy. I don't think it's that hard to avoid landing on quarterbacks. Just do the – with what, what's called like the alligator roll style tack, tackle where you kind of just swing the quarterback down. We saw Aaron Donald do it on Thursday night. I don't think you got to run through these quarterbacks. You can go off to the side and still tackle them. And I want these quarterbacks to stay healthy because we saw what happened last year when they didn't stay healthy. The product was a lot worse. Now we're getting a good football season. Well, I, I, here's the question before I, I answer my buy or sell. Is there a way to like f- configure the rules about putting your body weight on a quarterback? Because is that really the issue? And also, let me add that uh, was it a Dolphins defensive end who who, um, who who tore his ACL by trying to avoid putting his body weight on the quarterback, which I know is one case out of many, but it's just something to note. I think that AC, his ACL was going to tear regardless of what happened. I mean, mm. your ACL, I don't even understand how him doing what he did with his leg, where he kind of swept it to the side, even preventing him from landing on the quarterback with his body weight. I think it was just a freak accident. People have, have used that. They've kind of politicized it, to use a phrase, uh, to make their point. I don't think people care. People like to pretend they care about player safety until it starts affecting football they like. Like, yeah. Those helmet hit season were were the exactly the type of hits that cause CTE. And people were complaining about it because they didn't like the calls and they didn't look like what they their idea of penalties are. But this the game had to change. Like the game wasn't safe, so fundamental tackling had to change. And I, I agree with all the rule changes they're making. I don't think it's affecting them that much. I mean, what have there been two bad calls? Two or three game changing calls. Right. In the first four weeks, yeah. I, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you. I, I I always love to hear your arguments for it. And although I, I you went to Doctor Ruiz for a second there, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I'll sell on it for now. I just think that like there's there's just like the body weight rule is like how, how in a split second how do you how do you not put your body weight on? Like the Clay Matthews examples, I'm just sort of like confused. And it's also the same thing with the pass ca- with, with the definition of a catch that you and I have debated a few times on this podcast. Like, does it make sense or not? Is it, is it clarified or not? I don't think there's a good way to do that. Uh, let's do the final one because we're running out of time here. Uh, since, you know, there's there's time limits on this. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, buying or selling NFL changes to overtime. I've seen a lot of this on Twitter um, because we've had a lot of overtime games and some ties already. What We've had two games that tied. Uh, what's, what's your feeling? Buy or sell? Yeah, I think they should change the – I think they should go back to the 15 minutes. Teams are only getting – we're only getting like three by now. So one team gets the ball, if they get, get a field goal, then the other team gets it, and then there's one possession left. That's what we've seen overtime this year. And we, 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 we've we had three ties, I think. We could have had two more 
Yeah. On a, on Sunday, if, if the Titans don't go forward on fourth down, forward on fourth down. So it could have been five ties in the first four weeks. They said that it wouldn't lead to more ties, but that's how, that, how does that make any sense? Of course, if you have more time, there's more of a chance for the game to be won or lost. Uh, I'm, I'm buying this, and I kind of want to do some funky stuff. Like, I want to put the ball at the at the 30 or the 40 and just, like, see what happens. Um, I, I know that's that seems crazy, but nobody likes a tie, plain and simple. We've seen it, what it did to the NHL, uh, that it, it changed everything. So it's just something kind of fun. I, and, and you talked about the product before. And to me, if you want a really exciting product, like, put the ball at the 35 see what happens, then the other team gets a chance from the 35, and, and if nothing happens there, then you just go back and forth until the same thing, you know, field goal, and if you answer with a field goal, it's still tied, and 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 maybe no clock? I, I don't know. I'm, these are things I've been thinking about. I don't think I, there's any definite thing, but over time, at least, maybe that's just the regular season, and, and you, you have um, different rules for the postseason. So th- these are just things I'm thinking about. I just think there, there needs to be a change, whether... Here's, any, my, here's, here's my quick solution. What do you got? Ban... Ban kicking from overtime. Oh, you have yeah, to go that's forward brilliant. on fourth. Yes, yes. You have to I go forward that. on fourth down. But then a team has to choose: Do I want to kick? Then the the decision to kick or receive becomes more interesting. Do you want to get the ball first and have a chance to score? Or do you want to pin the team down deep and try to stop better field position? That's brilliant. I like that. Uh, the kickers might might object, but uh, you know they. They've, they've uh, I don't know, they, they've gotten a lot of love in, in recent years for, for winning games. So, you know, uh, NBD for, for overtime. They've gotten a lot of hate for missing overtime kicks. So I think. Also true. They don't want that pressure. I like that. Uh, I, you can find that off my head. I still work for the league office. I just came up with that off the top of my head as you were talking, that idea. I you should post that. Office. You should, yeah, well, you should also post that on, on For the Win. Uh, which brings us to, you can follow everything uh, that Stephen Ruiz does at the Stephen Ruiz, uh, like the Ohio State. Uh, anything you're fun you're working on that you want to mention? I am working on a thing about the science of play calling right now. I'm very excited about it. It's kind of nerdy, but I think we'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it. You, uh, everything you do is football nerdy and we love it. So we'll, we'll take that. Not, not everything, a lot of things. And But that's a good thing. So we'll leave it at that. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us as always. Appreciate it. Good job.